So welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, and this is part of my 29 Days of Magic series where I get to interview a Black woman a day, every day for Black History Month. And in today's episode, I'm delighted to speak with Heather Odom, who's a business development manager and so much more. It's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Heather. Hey, Laura. What a warm welcome. (laughs) Hey, Heather. Yeah, how you doing so, today? Happy Black well, History yeah. Month. Exactly. It's a good day. You know, every day is a good day. Every like day ah. is a good day. And yeah. so very great and so very, very grateful for, yes. for it all. So very, very grateful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> so the way the podcast works is the first question is always the same. And the answers are always delightful. And I feel like you're gonna have a really good one. So Heather, what was your first job? My first job was being a mother's helper. Hmm. You tell. Yeah. So back in the day, back in the day when there was, um, and when you were a teenager and you wanted to work and you had to, if you were of like what, 13, 14, you had to get like a working card in order to work. So I begged and pleaded my mother to let me work. And she said, well, you can't unless you get this card. And I signed up for the card. And then I looked at babysitting places and I looked at mothers, what they called at the time, mother's helpers opportunities where you would go and spend um, time with someone who needed their help, your help for taking care of their infant child or their young child. And that's what I did. That was like my first job. And I loved it so much. And I still have a relationship with that family too this day the child i took care of wow um, literally to this day the child i took care of is now uh has just proposed to a woman and he will be getting married and he's in his uh late 20s so it i feel so blessed to be able to have created such a long-lasting relationship from my team Wow, Heather, one. Yeah, it was really, really, really uh, impactful. I learned a lot. Um, But, you know, the relationship part was the best. It was absolutely, it was magical. Mm -hmm. One, one, that's incredible. Two, why am I not surprised that this is is what you do? Because, (laughs) you know, you know, as of everyone, I remember they list out their first job. It's always fascinating to hear when people sort of that first job catapult them to where they end up being today. Yeah, and you taking care of folks such a young age to now where you take care of so much. <laughs> yeah, not at all surprising. So yeah, I love you. I'd love for you to share like what that career journey from being that mother's helper to where you are today. Yeah, and you know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because now it's like, it's almost like, well, not really, because I know that my my spirit, my energy is so focused and centered on helping others. But yes, that would be how I started, and that was the beginning of my journey. So I went from a mother's helper to um, being in, working in retail. So Benetton, you remember Benetton? Oh my gosh. I used to of work course. for Benetton. I worked for The Gap. You know, when it was 1969, remember when it was like, you know, like they didn't even have the Gap name. They had like 1969. They were using that as like their brand for like the longest time until then it became the Gap. It was so crazy. Um, and then and then I, so I went from retail 
to working in um, being at, well, I was a mentee for the 100, the Coalition of 100 Black Women in New York, um, did a stipend with them at CBS. And that started, that literally was what catapulted my journey. I went into CBS, the flagship station there in New York, because I'm born and raised in New York City. And, um, and I couldn't get a job uh, doing an anchor at the time, because that's what I wanted to do. Everybody wants to be an anchor. They, they and love and everything. And so I saw the, I had a chance to work in the sales department and as a sales assistant and I saw all the AEs and I was like, how do I get that job? And that's literally what happened. I just advanced into uh, becoming an account executive. So I ended up selling TV, radio, print, uh, digital, and social. That's been my career path. Well, over you know, for most of my work history, I've done it in three different geographic regions: New York, California, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And so, while I may have done some other uh, some other jobs that really focused on helping others, like uh, pharmaceutical sales and document management in terms of uh, business practices and stuff with the copiers and everything, my main journey has been media and has been um, media sales and advertising. So I feel really fortunate to have had the path that I've had to where it has led me now, um, where I'm now currently just, you know, using all those skills in the nonprofit sector for two nonprofits, Carolina for All and the Racial Justice Network. That's so awesome. And it's like, I want not surprising. So now that you're serving in the nonprofit sector, like what's that transition sort of been like? It's been a challenge, I will tell you, because in the nonprofit sector, it's not like there's a whole lot of like guidelines and rules. Like, right, you, you, you just know that you have to get things done. And thankfully, I have, uh, well, skill sets and, um, you know, energy and will and drive to make sure that anything I touch gets to the finish line. And these, um, you know, it all depends on in terms of like, if you're in the nonprofit sector, nonprofit sectors have like levels of, um, I guess, maturity. And so I'm at the level of maturity of like you for the ones that I'm working with right now. They're, bare, they're barely three years old. And um, one of them is only a year and a half old. And so, therefore, there's still a lot to be done, um, a lot of organizational things that need to be put in place. Um, however, these two, uh, these two, Carolina for All, which is voting rights, voting advocacy, um, social economic rule advocacy, domestic workers' rights, and then Racial Justice Network, a civil rights organization focusing on social justice, were able to um, fortunately win a, an award for a grant for the world we're in now, the pandemic, which is focusing on reaching the hard to reach communities here in South Carolina um, and help to create an access where there is none and to diminish vaccine hesitancy. And so that's kind of where I have, that's what brought me to South Carolina from New York as I was in the pandemic, uh, I was sat there and while I was moving from one position to the next because of the pandemic, I literally asked 
God to put me in a position that I could get paid to help others. And it's interesting that that goes all the way back to my very first job. And then while I was helping a family for my first job, now I'm helping others on a much larger scale. And so this is probably the most rewarding uh, experience awesome. that I've had. Yeah. So what's it, what's it been like? I know the, okay, the past year has been interesting around vaccines and vaccine hesitancy. What's been the experience um, in Carolina? So the experience in Carolina is that there's, um, well, you know, it's it's it, it's a state that just doesn't is not pro vaccine. Um, so there were uh, the vaccine percentage was very low when I got here, and so the goal was to try to demystify and um, encourage and not not allow people to think they were doctors. And try to create the educate, uh, close the educational gap on vaccines and then bring the opportunity to them. So it, when I got here, it was like in the 30s um, overall for vaccine, for being vaccine, being, having vaccines, the population. Now we're up in the 50s and 60s, which is good. Um, but, you know, still we have a ways to go. So, um, it's just it was it's a big challenge, Laura. I'll tell you, because you get to the um, hard to reach areas like because I'm in the well, not the country country I'm not in the country, but there is a lot of out country areas where there's just barns and you know farmland and hard to to get Wi-Fi or even cellular service, and people live there and they want to get vaccinated, and some of them don't want to get vaccinated. That's those are my people. Those are the people I'm trying to reach. The ones that do and the ones that don't. Because I want to encourage the ones that don't to, to believe in the science. And then, and then for the ones that do, I just want to build a bridge to give them the access to do what they need to do for themselves and their families. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you're building the bridge for folks who want to get vaccinated, what have you been able to successfully do? So we've been able to successfully get them to not only get vaccinated, but to share their story. Because we all know that with media, it's all about messaging, content messaging. And so while I used to sell content and then have other people create the messaging, now I am doing both. And so that's the biggest part, the, the, the big, really nice part and reward about this is that when you get to those people that want it and they, they, they see you know, what's happening, they share it out. And so, you know, we encourage the, the talk up of their experience. And that kind of that domino effect that allows everybody else in the surrounding areas to actually say, okay, how do we do that? That's how we know we're being impacted. Is when we get to that person or that family or that subset of people in an area and we're able to um, get them to share out their experiences. And, it, you know, it's not just always about Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, so we still know that, especially in these small communities, that, you know, the, the, the power of word and just talking to somebody is extremely impactful. And so we're getting these people to just, you know, tell their neighbor, you know, don't send them a text message, tell your neighbor or tell your community what happened. And, and that's been working for us. 
And so people have been calling us churches. We've been working with churches. So that's a huge section, as you know. So um, we've been able to work with a few churches, and then it went to a lot of churches. And so then we're doing groups of churches. So it's been a really good journey that way. The grace of the Omnicom variant. Where, where do you see you all going next in terms of like continuing to vaccinate people and continuing to educate folks? What do you think? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I was on a call the other day um, with a group of people talking about the state of the pandemic. And, um, you know, now we're in this, what, what <laughs> now that we don't have any, any spikes or anything, and that we know Omicron is the most contagious, but now it's, you know, not as prevalent. And so we're just looking at what's happening. And there's this huge, you know, like, lays of, I don't care. I don't want to, you know, you know, I want to get vaccinated. But after that, if something happens, I don't care. There's this real um, pushback now on, as a whole, and I'm not talking about any political group or any any uh, specific community as a whole, people are just tired of the rigors of what yeah it's the exhaustion they're just exhausted so we're, what we're doing as a group is we're still creating the access we have not let go of our messaging for access and opportunity and then we're still using every chance we get to demystify and challenge people not to create their own science but to use the science that's been provided and that's really been the biggest challenge because people think they're doctors and or they think their friends are doctors and then they go with that and they use that as their absolute for motivation to do something so we're we're still focused on trying to you know move that out the way so that we can get to the truth or at least to some level of understanding with those individuals and and still get people vaccinated and uh, create the opportunity for families You are doing the Lord's work. You <laughs> know, know that that is not not easy at all. You know, kind of looking back on all the really awesome things you've done in your career, what do you think you'd tell 18-year-old Heather? What I would tell 18-year-old Heather is never stop believing in the power of the ability that you have in your mind. Because what I have learned through the pandemic, and I know a lot of people share the same thing, is that when you're forced to sit and think, there's some really, really powerful things that come out of that. And when you're young, you tend to not really uh, think about, pun on the word, not really put value on your visions and your thoughts. So I would tell 18-year-old Heather, you know, leverage the power of your vision because leveraging the power of your vision literally is the force behind everything you do. And it is what it has been, I would say, what brought me here. So that's what I would tell her. I would say never diminish the power of your mind and your thoughts. Use it as your, not just your stepping stone, but as you, the wind beneath your wings to move you forward for everything. You know, that's really important advice. I think that's been one of the kind of 
weird gifts of the pandemic is that time to actually sit and think because I would say the same thing where like I was on the go nine stop for nine straight years and to have a year well not two years where I was now I you know, had to sit at home and had to reevaluate what matters what I really want to do and what I can do and stretch in a lot of different ways and you know the benefits have been immeasurable so I, I totally agree with you on that on that fun. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that I've also been able to share that out too. Like, you know, to to not just realize that, but also to share it out because look, we all have have recreated ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And it all starts with how we think about who we are and what we're doing. And so if we could just go back to that seed, that thought. Everything else becomes easier. You just have to retrain yourself to do that on a regular basis. And the pandemic, I'll tell you, that's the silver lining of the pandemic. Pushed everybody into a quiet space. And look what's happening. Look at all these. It's like the 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 birth of things that are just everywhere you look. Things are happening. New businesses. The entrepreneurial sector has taken off leaps and bounds because of what happened and people had to go inside and they couldn't go to work. So it forced people to really take a deeper look at what they're doing and who they were and what they were capable of. And that's where I think the the biggest silver lining is with the pandemic. We all realized our capabilities. Look at it. Amazing. So, yeah, and, you know, yeah, thousand percent agree with you. So, you know, obviously you're doing lots of really great stuff, but for Heather, what do you do for yourself care? Yeah, so it's hard because I just sat down the other day and thought about, I gain weight, you know, I work from home, so I'm always on my computer. And um, and and, and I have my, my, my rigor of timeline of how I work and where I work in my apartment. And so... I really have had to take a a look at what I need to do on a daily basis for Heather, like Heather's time. So exercising, I've reincorporated, you know, I have my, my spiritual corner, which that actually has never changed, but I really dedicate my, my mornings to my conversation with God. That's really important to me. And I don't let anybody interrupt that. And, um, and then I have, you know, my Saturdays, that's my turn off day. So I'm a big social, obviously I have to use social media for, for work and everything else. But Saturday, I try to, I, for the most part, I stay off any social media channel. That's my day to decompress from the internet. And I just focus on me if I can, if I don't have an event or something like that going on. And I just do whatever I want to do, watch a movie, uh, read a book. Right now, I'm, I'm listening to um, uh, Rhonda Byrne Hero on Kindle. Like, I do things like that. Um, I have a special project that I'm going to be working on with my daughter. So, like, those are the things I'm doing to kind of, you know, keep myself energized and empowered and really focus on my health, you know, and all the things that need to um, be in place for me. Because guess what? You and I both know you can't be effective if you're you're not in your strongest position. So I've had to reevaluate that recently. And those are the things that I'm holding in place for myself. I love it. And I love the Saturday uh, detox. 
I think that's a great, <laughs> that's a really good thing to do. And I might take you up on that because <laughs> where, where I just don't look at anything online. I, I don't know what I would do with myself, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, would be, yeah. it would be good to try it at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually shared that out with a few people and they actually do it. They actually do a Saturday detox. They don't post, they don't get online, they don't do anything. So. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. I'll have to think about that one. So last <laughs> question for you. Do you yeah. have a give and or an ask of the audience? Absolutely. My only give, well, my I'm going to start with the ask first, um, if that's okay. The ask is that everybody, yeah, is that, that that anyone who's listening to this, if there's anything that you take that hits a big, like, aha for you in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, I ask that you share. Share it out. Because by sharing something that you hear moves you positively, you literally are creating a golden link in the chain of good. And so... Just take that one little step and share something that you heard that motivated you and reinforce that golden link in the chain of good in the universe. You know, I'm really, really uh, serious about those things, those positive, uh, those positive reinforcements. And then my give is that I'm going to make sure that, you know, my process and everything that I'm doing with Carolina for All and the Racial Justice Network is being uh shared in the way that it gives somebody an opportunity or a platform so to use their voice or to 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 talk about their story a story they've never told a story they've always wanted to share so that there's some type of transformational impact so my give is always going to be using my energy to be transformative constant never stopping always gas on the pedal, never taking it off. If I'm not doing something that allows some level of transformation, then that would be not good for me. And so I'm going to always do that. So that's my my ask and my give. My ask is to reinforce the golden link in the chain of good by sharing anything that you hear with somebody and and reinforce that golden link. And then I'm going to give all that I can to make sure that I'm transformative all the time. I love it. What a wonderful gift. Oh, Heather, you're such a delight. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you're one of my faves. Uh, <laughs> and I'm so glad we have to have this conversation and just share some of your wonderful wisdom because I like I knew you'd preach, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, and you know and the work that you're doing is just so incredible and I'm just so delighted that you know you're making this all happen in in places where they need it the most so thank you so much for taking some time today and sharing your story we're going to put all the details in the show notes for folks to connect with you um, and and with Carolina for All and all the really great work that you do and thank you so much for being part of 29 Days of Magic Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me be part of such an amazing force, Black History Month and your platform to, to, to lift as you climb. Because remember, I gave you a shirt like that because that's what you do all the time. So thank <laughs> you for your never ending stopping of lifting as you climb. Oh, thank you, Heather. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, 
And that is our show. 